Good morning, Woody Gooch. Welcome on VH Berries. Good morning, Victor. Thank you for uh, having me on here. It's a pleasure to be here. According to some studies, up to 60% of adult human body is made from water. But I believe that with you, this is different. This is 110%. I think 111%. It's, um, I, awfully, <laughs> I awfully spend a, um, a large amount of time in the water and I'm usually often dreaming about it if I'm not in it. Um, it's, uh, it's a very special way to wake up and also end my day. So I'm, you know, I'm forever in the ocean and forever thinking about it when I'm in it or not in it. This is very inspiring, Woody, because you just mentioned that, for example, uh, you just had a, a surfing session just before. Yeah, that was my way to wake up. I, uh, I was out in the water before the sun was actually over the horizon of the water. So it's quite common for me and my close friends to do that, um, especially in winter here. It's not too cold, but for the, uh, the coastal Australian um, surfer, you know, we find it quite cold. So we're up early um, and out there before um, most people are going to work. So that's sort of usually how we like to start our day if the conditions are uh, aligning and we're all very enthusiastic. And uh, in Australia and New Zealand and uh, Oceania in general, uh, jellyfish are real there. Yeah, well, um, we have a lot of ocean life, um, particularly um, just, I think, because of the, the water temperatures um, and I guess the, the cleanliness of our, our, um, our coastal um, ocean that we have. It's, um, we have many of things that are, you know, dangerous in the water and also on the land but um yeah in summertime a couple of hours north of where i live here in noosa um you usually have to swim in like a stinger suit so that's you know realistically a, a wetsuit um but sort of head to toe and a couple of more sort of covering spots of the body just to be able to cool yourself in summer in the ocean because it's pretty much a, a fatal attack if you are uh, if you come in in contact with one of these little jellyfish they're called irukandjis Eric Engies. Yeah, it's a, it's a very unusual name, but you almost, they've got this stealth sort of presence about them. You can't, they're very, very minute creatures, so you can't usually see them. And I think this is how obviously a lot of the attacks occur when they do. Um, you know, it's not like it's a, a creature that you, you can visually see when you're um, looking at the ocean or in the ocean. So it's, it's quite scary when they approach. Not that I've had any contact with them, but I know a couple of my friends that have, and they said it's um, excruciating pain. It's like an elephant standing on your back. <laughs> and I'm mentioning Woody Gooch, um, the sea and the environment surrounding you every day, because it plays a huge uh, role in your work as a photographer. For example, one example is the natural light that you love to use. Absolutely. I think the ocean, um, the ocean has a mind of its own and it also, it works the way it wants to work. And I like, I feel like a sense being a surfer, you know, you, you work with the ocean and you can't really, I guess, surf against it um and i think that's also coming <laughs> come into play with how i how i photograph you know also um out of the ocean that's also taught me how to sort of go with things naturally and when things change you go with change um 
and you know it's usually in hands of something else which is usually um a way to learn quite fast um and i believe that that's also you know been a very very important backbone to my um my structure of how i work and in the structure on how you work can you tell us about your journey starting from nosa queensland so um My family, my father and mother moved my brother and I up from Melbourne, which is um, a southern city in Australia, um, on, the, on the eastern side of Australia. Um, and we moved up at a young age and we'll, we'll, my parents were like, we've got to bring these, these two boys of ours up um, on the coast here and, you know, let the elements almost be their curriculum. So we, we, we've been here for... 23 years no yeah i have been here for 23 years until i left but um yeah we've we've been very close to the ocean and and in a sense my parents have traveled quite a lot in my um in my my younger years um with my brother and we've always had the mountains whether it's been in new zealand or japan or um or the ocean you know at our fingertips so we've always been you know quite out you know outdoorsy a lot of our our upbringing and um it's still obviously continuously is a um a, a daily experience for us to be in those elements but um yeah i grew up um here in noosa it's um a very small town i think the population is around 40,000 people um and uh yeah it's it's continuously kind of widen my horizon where, wherever I've thought, you know, if I need to leave and I need to experience a, a lifestyle change, but then it's also brought me back um, in time and, and kind of reset my, my thinking and my overview of how I see the world and see the work and, you know, digest people's sort of, you know, daily experiences. So Noose has been a very um, a nurturing, um, I say, location. I, I'd say more of like a, you know, a base Um, I, I look at it as home, but I see it as a base of it, how it just sort of resets my thinking, you know, when um, times are, times are especially like this. Um, so, yeah, Noosa is a very special place to me still. And with no sign, the base, when you are using these uh, images, uh, places, when you come back uh, to um, resources yourself and uh, have... Uh, some uh, holidays it reminds me for example in the adventure video games when you come back to to the basement yeah exactly <laughs> you know i think um at the at the moment it almost feels like we're back at the basement you know we're kind of under attack by um the things that are happening in the world at the moment so i guess yeah you could definitely classify that that is a a similar experience but maybe just not as as violent <laughs> So in Nosa, there is, as you mentioned, a dozen inhabitants and also a couple million pairs of sunglasses. Yeah, well, the sun is the sun is always strong, even in winter. Um, that's why I was also quite interested to see how burnt I was, even from this morning before we had this call. I, I was out surfing for three hours without any sunscreen on, and I I, I starting to look like a seagull. And this is fascinating, Woody Gooch, because at school, when we are young, we are always learning that uh, at the complete opposite of the planet, uh, the seasons are uh, reversed. Is it something that is true? 
Of course. I mean, also growing up in Noosa, you know, it's a very, it's a warm climate. It's very climatized in a way that our winters are, you, you do not see the seasonal change like you would where you are in Montreal or where I was in Japan before this. Um, so I think seasonal change and also when I work, like, you know, I'm often traveling, traveling quite often. So I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of seasonal change, but then coming back here and being back here for the last two years, it's, it's quite unusual, unusual to, um, experience, you know, um, a, t- a temperature pattern very, um, you know, dr- you know, it doesn't drop too drastically, but that's, that's a sign of our seasonal change. So I think, um, yeah, being able to be based somewhere else and experience that seasonal change is, um, I think it's a very important feeling, you know, it, it also correlates with, um, a lot of things in life. Um, and I think it's, it's one thing I've, I've grown quite familiar with. And I feel like, you know, I, I do need that in my life, the, the seasonal changes and the experiences that they, um, they bring. I would love to discuss Woody Gooch about your work and some of your current projects. So you are known uh, for your photography in action uh, world sports and also um, through some projects into the wild and adventure. Yeah, so um, I guess photography is my uh, forefront of my creative process um, and it has been for the last 10 years it's um I guess I'm more so known over my my platforms as being a surf photographer or being I guess addressed as a um an action photographer in, in a minimalistic and an abstract um in, I guess um visual experience so that's been a um a process over the time and obviously you know like I was saying with seasonal change, I guess that's, that comes into my personality and my workflow. So I've, I've sort of developed, um, over time, a, a large body of work and a large, um, avenue of interest in my work. And I've, I've photographed, um, you know, large commercials. Um, I've also worked on a lot of personal projects. I've just finished a big, um, personal project uh with a close friend of mine quinn matthews who um is also another really great photographer um so we executed a a a book um over in haiti on voodoo on black magic and um we've also just finished a uh or my first uh short film that um we we also completed over in haiti on on voodoo and black magic so it's been um been a very interesting experience, you know, coming from a side where I know that freezing time um, is also, you know, a very important statement, but also um, working with, you know, moving images and, and having a narrative behind that is also, um, you know, I find very stimulating with how I see um, my work today. Tell me about the episode of Woody Gooch going into Haiti to cover the Voodoo religion because you did three trips over four years. Yeah, so three trips. The first, the first trip, we were um, shockingly naive, um, knowing what, what we really, <laughs> we really didn't know what we're setting ourselves up for. So our first trip. Um, 
It stemmed from a, a trip before this in Nepal, uh, Quinn, that I mentioned before, my brother Ben, will usually um, coming to a, an agreement that once a year we have to um, sort of orchestrate a, um, a trip within a third world country and, and bring a, a book out of it or, or a photo essay. And um, obviously Haiti was the next one on the, uh, the tip of the tongue. So we ended up going to Haiti for our, our first um, or our second trip after the first one. And um, we, we were there, we, we, we flew in and our, and our classic style of um, how we like to work and, and travel is, you know, living in a very spontaneous sort of headspace. So we arrived, um, had this hotel, we ended up getting to this hotel, which is an hour away from the airport. And it was a, um, it was a voodoo hotel, which was, I think a friend of a friend that had been to Haiti had been here and thought it was a bit of a, um, a hilarious situation to put us in. So we ended up at this quite scary hotel for a week. Um, so we just, we literally just put our bags down and we we're just wandering around the street to see what we could kind of, um, intertwine ourselves with. And, um, a couple of days forward, we were walking down the street and we, we had these two young, um, local Haitian guys zoom past on a, um, a couple of dirt bikes and they, um, did a U-turn and, and drove back towards us. And I thought, oh God, now we've really like, this is really sinking in that we're in Haiti and, and anything could happen, you know, to three quite vulnerable, um, younger guys walking around with a lot of camera gear on our shoulders was, um, probably like not the wisest decision that I thought after sort of experiencing these guys sort of turn around and come up towards us. And we kind of, we, we kicked it off with these guys and, um, they they asked us if we enjoyed um i guess hip-hop and rap music so we of course we all look at each other and said you know sure like where can this take us where can this take us if we say yes so we obviously all agreed that we <laughs> like we like hip-hop and rap music so these guys pretty much took us under their wing and and told us to come stop by their their studio which pretty much developed a a very quick friendship um with these guys and obviously they had a, a large group of friends that obviously were quite um, enthusiastic to to hear about our, our background and why we're here in Haiti and um, what our sort of reason was to come here and, and, and be walking on the streets with this camera gear. So we ended up, um, I guess, getting on with these guys and they ended up sort of having this idea that they could they hadn't shot this music video that they uh, intended to do a, a week before we came. So they thought now's the time we've got these guys here. Let's, let's shoot a music video. So we ended up shooting this, you know, music video with a, a very small handy cam and very minimal gear. Cause we, I mean, at the time we weren't really um, prepared to shoot a, a music video in Haiti. So we ended up doing this. We ended up in some really um, quite, um, I guess, intense situations, uh, I guess the neighborhoods that they live in and work in are, are quite, um, quite violent, um, and quite unpredictable. So over time, I guess we, we, we gained that confidence and, and the comfortability of being with these guys. So they ended up being like, you know, after a week of being with them every day for 12 hours a day, quite close friends. So after a week, we, you know, we, we left and we thought, oh, wow, that was, you know, almost too good to be true. Maybe we should go back. So, you know, six months, um, fast forward, we got an, uh, a message from one of these younger guys that were working on this music vid video within Haiti and said, hey, we're having a, you know, a show at, at this place. You guys should come back. And I thought, oh, maybe we should. 
so um, before we before we completely agreed on flying back, um, Quinn and I came to the decision that we need to we need to shoot something with a bit more of a structure behind it. So I thought, you know, what you know, what is the backbone of Haiti? You know, country and culture always has a, a you know a predominantly obvious backbone to how things work and what people rely on and and what keeps people you know um creatively and, and mentally sort of stable um and obviously haiti you know obviously it's a uh an island in the caribbean and most of these islands favor religion um and they all vary from you know christianity to to the to the other opposite side of of that to to black magic and voodoo and superstition so we um we thought hey let's go back and and possibly see what we can get ourselves into um on our second trip um which obviously stemmed um into many fingers and it was quite it was quite erratic with where we ended up and you know i guess the help that we ended up um gathering before we went there we ended up meeting a, a local fixer um, that had worked with a lot of prestigious um, photographers in the past um, with Magnum Photo Agency. So we thought, okay, this guy, this guy's, you know, quite confident and I think we could definitely achieve something that we didn't the, the trip beforehand. So we uh, we took this guy on and he we pretty much elaborated um, where we would like to take this, this project and um, possibly... Um, you know, even achieve a lot more than what we had initially sort of told him. So, obviously, we, in which the, saying that it, it obviously it it um exploded with all these these ideas that we had, and this guy was like, you know what, we can do every absolutely everything that you've um addressed here. Just give me a little bit of time. So, yeah, it it kind of just steamrolled from there. And after that second trip, it went um surprisingly really really well. Um, and I came back to Australia after that second trip. And I, I called Quinn up, you know, a couple months, six months after the trip. And I said, Hey, let's go back and let's go shoot a, a short film on this because I think this is very, very, <laughs> very unique and very special. And there's, um, there's a very, um, a, a strong sort of pure essence to this, this religion that sort of holds this country together in a way. So we went back for our third trip and, and that's where we started. Um, and also where I, f I shot my first um, short film. You mean, Woody Gooch, that after the third trip, Haiti was home for you? Yeah, I mean, it was starting to feel like that until we had a couple of hairy situations, really, a click in the day, the day that we landed um, on, our, on our third and final trip was uh Haiti had just pretty much gone into um I guess a, a lockdown of um a political unrest. There was a coup that had just formed the day we landed. So obviously this was news to us that the morning that we landed our our local fixer had addressed this to us as we walked out of the uh, departure gates and said you're in you're in a hell of a ride for this week. And um yeah so I think that really put it into perspective of um you know how these these countries are also still very um very you know have a lot of unease still um and there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of hurt and, and and i think there's a lot of um there's a lot of things happening within the country that i think need to be you know shown in a way that you know we can't be oblivious to this um for too much longer um 
And yeah, I mean, Haiti has a very special place in my heart now from creating the friends that I have and, and seeing the, the way that the country's in. There's, um, there's a lot of things that I think should be addressed and I think it would, you know, it would take a fair bit of time, but I think, um, you know, we're on a bit of a, a, a an avenue that I, I want to keep sort of developing and, and expressing the way that I see Haiti. This is very impressive because when you are approaching with the person that was with you, uh, this uh, diasporic religion uh, founded uh, between the, uh, the 16th and 19th century, um, the first contact is very important. And as you mentioned, you get some relation uh, with some fixers who helps you to set the first contact. So can you tell me about uh, how you got uh, the first uh, connection? Well, yeah, uh, our first, re predominantly, our, you know, a more of a footing in the door of reaching these more um, tricky environments was our, our fixer Reggie. Um, and we found him, or Quinn, actually, my... Um, My partner that I was doing this the project with, he found him um, on Instagram. I think he had about 70 followers, and we um we reached out to him via Instagram. I didn't hear from him for about a for a month or two. I don't I don't know. He 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 ended up um, getting in contact with us about three months later after we messaged him on Instagram and said, "Hey, this is my WhatsApp. I'm a little more reliable on here. Give, give me a message, and we can see what we can do." So we ended up messaging him and obviously his um his classic phrase was, you know, like if I haven't replied, I've, my phone's, you know, gone for a swim in the water or something because they, they get a lot of hurricanes. So the guy, I think Reggie went through like three, four phones in the time that we got to Haiti. Um, and this guy was like, he was classic. He he obviously ran on his own schedule. He always had his, his four, five-year-old son, Chris, around his shoulder wherever we went, you know, um, And, um, yeah, he, he pretty much, he had a very, um, he had a, a personality that was just as scary as some of the places we went to, but then there was this harmonious feel when he would, he would have this presence that he had was also like a very caring father that we'd, we'd had look, look after us for a very long time as well. So in these situations, you know, we, um, we, we, we trusted him, but there was lots of times where, um, he left us, he left us in some really, um, hairy situations, uh, you know, which were quite, ha uh, quite tricky to sort of deal with. Um, but yeah, it was a, a very interesting journey with Reggie. Woody Gooch in this very specific short film, I assume that you are showing their uh, culture and traditions. What have you learned from these experiences? I mean, it's a very complex religion, you know, within the community as well. And also being, I guess, an outsider um, is, is, is quite hard to comment on, I guess, the overall um, the body of, of what voodoo and, and, and the black magic sort of um, experience um, evokes. But from what I saw and the community that I was involved in, you know, was very powerful. Um, obviously, a religion um, 
handles people in a way that gives them a lot of you know positivity um a lot of strength a lot of um clarity um and a lot of you know enthusiasm and and structure to to life and um i think being involved in a place that was you know extremely unfamiliar um and also the culture and the um the religion as well being quite unfamiliar to me was um a very interesting you know learning experience um they they um it's 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 very very abstract um i think the f- the film in itself quite you know explains exactly how a lot of people seem to not have much of a choice in Haiti to to decide um whether they want to be um more so focused on on voodoo or, or christianity um and the uh the film really sort of expresses our abstract experience in a very um cultural culturally correct um point of view as well you know what you should definitely do uh, a fourth trip to do a premiere um night session to show them the short film yeah i think i mean it's definitely been a conversation of ours um if a fourth trip is is you know in the works but um i think that uh i'm also just very grateful that our third trip was when we did it because it would have been something that i would have thought about day in day out whilst being locked down here in australia and and not being able to um you know get over there and create what we just did so possibly a fourth trip you know possibly a fourth trip i think it would be very important um to to come back to the community and and show them what they're all a part of because i think they were very unaware of how um how broad we went with the film and and how beautiful the film is as well so I think that could be a um yeah another little adventure back over to Haiti to do. And Woody Gooch, if one day you plan to do uh, this uh, fourth trip, you are definitely going to use a very special car to get to the airport and I am talking about the Audi e-tron sportback. Oh, I I don't know if I'll be able to take that over there, but um <laughs> the last car that we actually had take us to the airport was pretty much four inches off the ground. It took about half an hour to start. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, 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 ideally I would love that, but I don't even know if I think that would be a good idea. <laughs> I think it would it'd probably um, it'd give too many people of an interest of who's in the car than, than anything else. That was my transition because you made a video, a commercial um, that combines your personal personality with the Gucci and also uh, the characteristic of a product, for example. Yeah, that was um, that was a really um, a really really cool experience and also project that we all got to work on. That was um, after returning from japan i'd i'd come back um as covid had started um and obviously coming back meant that life for me kicked back into gear in a, in a way that 
the having less was quite more, you know, and also living a little bit more sustainably and and um and and working in that environment, that headspace was something that I hadn't had in a long time. So at the right time, in the right place, Audi came to me um, with a uh, an overall idea and a creative sort of pitch to what they were thinking for their next sort of um, the video project. So we, um, yeah, they in- involved me for the, you know, there's my first time being, um, I guess, the focus or the subject of a project. So it was quite special to uh, to go through that entire um, procedure of, um, you know, expressing a lot more than just, I guess what I've done, it's more about what I do and, and how I do it and what I see for the, the foreseeable future. And it's also very special because the car was uh, traveling on the same roads that you used to uh, ride uh, forever because uh, you are definitely uh, someone who is very attached to the east coast of Australia instead of the west coast. I know there is some rivality. Yeah, absolutely. That was... um. That this road trip was is quite um, precise. It was, you know, very fixated on where I would like to go and who I'd like to see along the way and how these people do these things in a very particular way that's um, very nourishing, fulfilling, and and um, and also quite minimal in in a sense of how I see the world and how I like to do things. So we we started um, two hours north of Noosa, where I am here at the moment, and. The trip um, was initially meant to uh, to finish um, down in Melbourne, but obviously with lockdown and, and borders closing, that was a bit too tricky at the time. However, we, um, we ended up rearranging the route and we took a, a majority of the way we went the road that I was familiar with and the coastline. Um, and then we took um, the extra leg around the back of the cities and and we we ventured out into the mountains which is another place of um of interest of mine and and it's quite um a common experience for me to be in the mountains so we went around the mountains and um we went to a, a beautiful farm which pretty much ended the trip which is where i wanted to be there was this old um beautiful 700 acre farm um and we, we, we ended up closing the, the last few shots there where I was, I was getting out of a car and transitioning onto a horse, which is probably a little bit more sustainable. But um, we, um, yeah, it was, it was a really beautiful trip. The video is, you know, one of the most amazing um, projects I've been a part of. In definitive, we can say that you started your career by 24 frame per day to 24 frame per second. Yeah, you could say that. That's another good uh, analogy of, of exactly um, where I am now. And through this transition to filmmaking, is it something that uh, really uh, burns you and motivates you for the future? Absolutely. I think... Um Filmmaking and, and documenting um, photographically are two very different things, but they also have a you know a purpose and a meaning behind them. Um, and I think in a, in a sense that 
their deaths is equally as important as each other, but they have two very different parallels to um, how they work and and um, how how the creatives work. And and for me, working with a creative team, working on a photo shoot to a creative team on a you know, on a video project is is extremely different. Um, and I think that the differences and in the two are creating a very important balance with how I how I um. I guess see and document and structure both of of these um you know these important um balances in my career. So filmmaking for me now is is something that I'm you know slowly um you know transitioning not completely into you know that's all I would like to do and and I can only see myself doing that. But I think um pausing a little bit on on more so um with my photography, like I, I, I started exhibiting work in galleries and prior to doing this, I, you know, the, the, for me, I, I thought, you know, shooting a, a nice photo here and there and, and multiple locations could tie into something that, you know, makes a body of work and tells a story, which it can. But for me, um, at the moment, um, before I, realistically before I um I go out and, and photograph things that there has to be a purpose and a meaning now and and that also tells um people a story and also tells myself a story to be able to express in a very clear and um sort of um direct way. So I, I believe that filmmaking now for me is is a um a, a sort of a, a guidance of being able to structure things um you know, in, in a more um, meaningful sense of having to be quite, you know, thought out and planned and organised. So in that way, I think it's, um, you know, it's a very positive sort of experience for me at the moment and it's only, you know, um, a, you know it's, a, it's a lifestyle that I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm adapting to quite fast. So, yeah, well, it's, um, I, I can't find any reason to, to not... Um, have any more interest in, and just keep pursuing my dreams and and seeing where um, I guess film filmmaking can um, you know kind of cover path for my my eye and my vision and my narrative to um, to the world. And through these multiples projects, Woody Gooch, how tired are you each night before going to sleep? Oh, the thing is like. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm never tired. I think it's my friends and, and the people that I'm around. I, I exhaust. And I think they're the ones that take on my, my tiredness and my enthusiasm because I'm consistently and constantly thinking of, of things that I could be doing or I should be doing. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think that'll be f with me forever. I knew it. You are going to switch from uh, 111% of water to 112% of fire. <laughs> yeah, well, you need a bit of water to put out the fire. So I think they both need to be together. Woody Gooch, thank you so much for your time. I'm wishing you the best. Thank you so much, Victor. Thank you for having me. It was a, it was a really nice um, time to catch up and and also express and hear myself of what I've been up to in the last couple of years. So thank you.